0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Urban Outfitters, Inc. First Quarter Fiscal 23 Earnings Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star, then zero on your touchtone telephone. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to introduce... Una McCullough, Executive Director of Investor Relations. Ms. McCullough, you may begin.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the URBN First Quarter Fiscal 2023 Conference Call. Earlier this afternoon, the company issued a press release outlining the financial and operating results for the three-month period ending April 30, 2022. The following discussions may include forward-looking statements. It's important to note at this time, the global COVID-19 pandemic has had and continues to have a significant impact on URBN's business. Given the uncertainty about the duration and extent of the virus's impact to the global retail environment, content discussed on today's call could change materially at any time. Accordingly, future results could differ materially from historical practices and results or current descriptions, estimates, and suggestions. Additional information concerning factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from projected results is contained in the company's filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission. On today's call, you will hear from Richard Hain, Chief Executive Officer, Frank Conforti, Co-President and COO, and Melanie Moraine Efron, Chief Financial Officer. Following that, we will be pleased to address your questions. For more detailed commentary on our quarterly performance and the text of today's conference call, please refer to our Investor Relations website at www.urbn.com. I will now turn the call over to Dick.
2: Thank you, Ona, and good afternoon, everyone. Today I'll begin the call with some brief remarks regarding our first quarter sales and make a few macro consumer observations. I will then turn the call over to Frank and Melanie, who will provide more details by brand, along with our thoughts about future performance. URBN produced strong sales gains in the first quarter, with total retail segment comp sales increasing by 11% versus Q1 last year. Each brand posted positive retail segment comps, led by Anthropologie, with a powerful 18% gain, and Free People with a 15% increase. The urban brand retail segment comp was 1% driven by strong sales in Europe, partially offset by weakness in North America. The urban brand in North America saw a deceleration in comp sales throughout the quarter as it faced progressively more difficult comparisons against sales in the first quarter last year. When we last spoke with you in March, we were optimistic that strong consumer demand would continue through the spring season. Mm We believe this remains true for the Anthropology and Free People brands. These customers are excited for a return to normal. They're shopping in stores again and are out and about with family and friends, traveling, dining out, and going to many, many events. Customers are shopping to accommodate their social calendars, and the products they're choosing are those tailored specifically for going out moments. The Anthropology brand prioritized dresses for the spring-summer season, and that is paying off nicely. The customer has reacted favorably to their offerings and the fabulous marketing materials the brand created. We believe both Anthropology and Free People will continue to see nicely positive sales in Q2. Most Urban North America brand customers received stimulus windfalls in March and April last year which quickly swelled their disposable income. Many spend it just as quickly and helped drive a surge in demand in the first half of last year. As a result, Urban Outfitters North America has very difficult comparisons this year during the first half. Furthermore, this customer is the most sensitive to inflation as they are typically younger and earn less than their Anthro or Free People counterparts. Adding to these powerful headwinds, the brand in North America did not execute to the level we would have liked. Taken together, we believe Urban Outfitters North America will likely underperform in the second quarter. Q2 comparable retail segment sales to date for the Anthropology and Free People brands are running nicely positive. We believe total URBN comp sales for the second quarter, could be in the low single-digit positive range, even though Q2 comparisons versus last year are a full 1,200 basis points more difficult than Q1. With that, I will now turn the call over to Frank to provide more detail on our performance.
3: Thank you, Dick, and good afternoon, everyone. I will begin my commentary discussing our total company Q1 results versus the prior comparable quarter, followed by additional notes by Brand total company sales grew by 13% to a first quarter record of $1.1 billion, driven by a total retail segment comp sales increase of 11%, a 6% increase in wholesale segment sales, and a newly segment sales increase of $15 million. The growth in retail segment sales was driven by outperformance in the store channel versus the digital channel. Please remember, during the first quarter of last year, North American stores faced capacity constraints and our European stores were largely closed due to government restrictions related to the COVID-19 pandemic. This resulted in poor store performance and incredibly strong digital performance a year ago. This year, across both the stores and digital channels, we saw increases in AUR, decreases in conversion rate, while traffic was up in stores and down in digital. By product category, Demand for women's apparel and accessories were the strongest, with home deaccelerating from their recent healthy trends. The growth in our wholesale segment was due to strong full-price channel sales at Free People, which more than offset a slight decline at Urban Outfitters. Although we delivered double-digit sales growth, the operating environment remained challenging and weighed on profits. The decline in gross and operating profit margins in the quarter were largely due to supply chain disruptions resulting in continued increased inbound freight costs, deleveraging product margins. Additionally, as stores faced capacity restrictions last year, we held staffing well under normal levels. Now that stores have opened up again and traffic is rebounding nicely, our store staffing levels are closer to historical averages and resulted in increased SGA spend. As supply chain costs remain high, and our SG&A comparisons remain historically low, we believe our profit margin will remain challenged in the second quarter versus the prior year. I will now provide more details by brand, starting with the Anthropology Group. The group delivered an impressive 18% retail segment comp in Q1 versus the prior year. The double-digit comps were driven by exceptionally strong full-price comps in apparel, which increased by more than 50%. This led to over 100 basis points of improvement in the brand's markdown rate. Anthropologie started the season by strategically bringing in early receipts of an expanded dress assortment in anticipation of the consumer's desire to return to events in the spring season. Dresses led the apparel category with outsized growth, and Beholden recorded the highest Q1 revenue on record. The brand pushed the boundaries on newness and style, and their customer is responding. To support this strategy, the brand marketing team produced a compelling integrated dress marketing strategy, refocusing on the original intended age demographic for the brand. Superior product execution and marketing in the quarter led to double-digit growth in new apparel customers to the brand. During the quarter, the home category was positive, driven by strength in furniture, and a positive comp in gift and entertaining. We believe gift and entertaining could moderate some as the customer is spending less time in her home than the previous two years. Overall, with the current strength of the apparel and accessories, we believe the Anthropology Group could drive a nicely positive comp in Q2. Now I will call your attention to the Free People brand. Once again, the Free People team produced an extraordinary quarter with retail segment comps achieving a 15% gain versus last year driven by strength in apparel and accessories. The brand continued their strong customer growth, due in part to some of the best marketing campaigns in the industry. The Wholesale Channel returned to growth this quarter, driven by strength in the full-price channel, along with many specialty stores operating at full capacity again. The Free People Movement brand also delivered another outstanding quarter, delivering 42% total retail segment growth. We believe free people will continue to drive healthy sales growth in the retail segment as well as continue to grow the wholesale segment in the second quarter. Now moving on to the Urban Brand, which delivered a 1% retail segment comp versus the prior year. UO Europe delivered a robust 44% comp, which was largely offset by a negative 8% comp at UO North America. As Dick previously mentioned, we believe the macro environment, especially in North America, is having an outsized impact on the UO brand and customer. With inflation rates not seen in over 40 years, in addition to lapping trillions of dollars in stimulus funding from the prior year, it presents a unique challenge for the UO North America customer. While we know the macro environment for the urban customer may remain challenging for some period, we also know we can execute better. The brand's inventory is higher than where we would like it to be, and we are focused on correcting those inventory levels throughout the second quarter. As a result of a difficult Q2 comparison, macro environment headwinds, and execution opportunities, we believe UO could deliver a negative comp in the second quarter. Lastly, I will speak to Newly. The first quarter was a very strong one for Newly Rent. Newly finally experienced a period with limited COVID interruptions and the business was well-positioned to capitalize on the customer's interest in fashion and going out. Marketing campaigns continued to build brand and concept awareness in addition to driving robust customer growth. Active subscribers ended Q1 up nearly 200% versus Q1 last year and up nearly 50% from the end of Q4. The brand outperformed our expectations with stronger growth in new subscribers more reactivated subscribers, and greater subscriber retention than planned. Momentum built throughout the quarter, and as of today, the brand has over 82,000 active paying subscribers. We are looking forward to continuing to grow the newly customer base and our learnings over the coming year. I will now turn the call over to Melanie Moraine Efron, our Chief Financial Officer.
4: Thank you, Frank. Now I will discuss our thoughts on our second quarter and full fiscal year 23 financial performance. As you think about sales growth for the second quarter, it's important to keep the prior period comparisons in mind. As a reminder, we had exceptional comp sales improvement in Q2 last year as COVID restrictions lifted and the consumer purchasing accelerated. Last year, we reported comparable retail segment growth of 10% in Q1, with. Q2 accelerating 12 full comp points to a robust 22%. While we still believe that we can grow sales in Q2 this year versus last year's impressive number, we believe our retail segment comp sales growth could land in the low single-digit range and wholesale segment sales could grow in the mid-single digits. Together, this would result in total company sales growth in the low single-digit range. Now on to gross profit margin. As a reminder, second quarter gross margin last year significantly benefited from unsustainably record low markdown rates as demand exploded and inventory levels could not keep pace. Due to last year's exceptionally low markdown rates at all brands, we are planning for increased rates in Q2 this year. Additionally, our current inventory levels, mostly at the Urban Outfitters brand in North America are higher than we would like and could lead to higher markdowns versus last year's low levels. Also, as the supply chain challenges continue to drive higher freight costs, our initial product margins will continue to be negatively impacted. The combination of higher markdown rates and lower initial product margins could result in an approximate 500 basis point decline in gross profit margins for the second quarter based on today's current sales performance and plan. Now moving on to SG&A, based on our current sales performance and plan, we believe SG&A growth for the second quarter will increase in the low double digits. Our plan growth in SG&A is primarily due to increased store labor costs versus prior year. This could result in SG&A rate to leverage versus last year, but we would expect SG&A rate as a percentage of net sales to come more in line with previous years. We are currently planning our effective tax rate to be approximately 24% for the second quarter and 25% for full year, fiscal year 23. Now moving on to inventory. Our inventory is elevated in the first quarter due to several factors. First, Inventory costs have increased as a result of higher freight and raw material costs. Second, last year's inventory was significantly constrained due to supply chain disruptions. Third, as supply chain disruptions have persisted, we have extended our inventory lead times and are holding more inventory earlier than normal to ensure that we have adequate inventory to protect sales. Lastly, Urban Outfitters brand sales came in lower than plan in Q one, resulting in their inventory being higher than where we want it to be. Due to all those factors just discussed, we believe that overall inventory levels in the second quarter will continue to be elevated, although we are planning for Urban's inventory to show meaningful improvement. Capital expenditures for the fiscal year are planned at approximately two hundred and twenty five million dollars. While lower than last year, the level of spend is still elevated due to installation of our automation equipment in our new North America distribution facility just outside of Kansas City, Kansas. This facility will support the growth and expansion of our retail segment business in North America by providing more efficient and faster logistics. Lastly, we will be opening approximately 38 new stores and closing approximately 16 stores during fiscal 23. Our new store number includes 12 new free people movement stores this year. As a reminder, the foregoing does not constitute a forecast, but is simply a reflection of our current views. The company disclaims any obligation to update forward-looking statements. Now, I'm pleased to turn the call back to Dick.
2: Thank you, Melanie, and thank you, Frank. That concludes our prepared remarks. I want to thank our brand, creative, and shared service leaders. I also want to thank our 23,000 associates worldwide for their hard work, their dedication, and amazing creativity. I thank our many partners around the world for their extra efforts in helping us overcome numerous supply chain disruptions. And finally, I thank our shareholders for their continued interest and support. I will now turn the call over for your questions. As a reminder, Please limit your questions to one per caller.
0: Thank you. If you have a question at this time, please press star 1 on your touch tone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Please limit your questions to one per caller. Your first question comes from the line of Kimberly Greenberger of Morgan Stanley. Your line is open. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Um, I wanted to
5: know if you could just comment on operating cost inflation that you're experiencing. Um, obviously, we, we saw freight costs start to rise in the back half of the year last year. How many more quarters of freight cost inflation uh, do you have? And then are you experiencing uh, any further pressure on distribution center and store wages here in 2022? Thank you.
3: Kimberly, thank you for the question. This is Frank. So, yes, we're, we're still experiencing higher freight inbound costs. Um, I would say similar to the recent trend, and by recent trend, I would mean fourth quarter, um, so significantly higher than, you know, how we would uh, normally operate from an inbound freight perspective. I would anticipate those costs remaining pretty consistent into the second quarter, um, and, and then we believe that the rate of the leverage as it relates to IMU, which is, which is mostly impacted by the inbound freight costs, would start to reduce in the third quarter and that there's an opportunity for improvement when we look at the fourth quarter. Now, please, please keep in mind that this is our view as it fits today. There's a lot of uncertainty out there right now, right? You've got shutdowns going on in China. You've got a potential strike, court strike here in the U.S. You've got a war going on in Ukraine. So, this is our view as, as we sit there, as we sit today. But, um, but, but you know, Best view, best view that we have. As it relates to store payroll, um, right now uh, I, I would say there are certain pockets where there's um, pressure from a store payroll perspective, but for the most part that is, is baked into our forecast. And from a distribution center I would say right now um, we're, we're sitting in pretty good shape as it relates to, as it relates to payroll. Like I said though you know a lot of things can change as it relates to inflation.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Lorraine Hutchinson of Bank of America. Your line is open. Thank you. Good afternoon. Um, Could you talk a little bit
5: about any pricing actions you've taken at any of the brands, if you're seeing any pushback from customers, and then also um, just a quick update on the 500 basis points of IMU opportunity that you outlined last quarter, if we might see any of that come to fruition this year to help offset some of these higher operating costs.
2: Okay, Lorraine, I'll uh, try to handle a few few of those questions. Uh, First of all, the pricing action, yes, we have been selectively uh, raising some of our prices, and uh, to date, we really haven't seen much in the way of reaction from customers that we can uh, determine are based on the increased prices. Uh, now, that that's having said that, we've seen a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't call it pushback, but I, a little bit more hesitancy on the part of some of the urban customers, and we believe it's because uh, they're a little bit more impacted by uh, inflation uh, given their status uh, in life uh, as, as younger and not as affluent. So I think that, um, but as far as anthropology and free people is concerned, uh, we have seen none.
3: Uh, and the second part of your question? I can jump in on that, Dick. So um, as it relates to the 500 basis points of IMU opportunity, yes, we, we absolutely still believe that that opportunity exists o- over the next coming several years. Um, I would tell you as it relates to as it relates to this year, uh, similar to what uh, we just spoke to, to Kimberly about, I would expect our IMU de-leverage to be pretty consistent in the second quarter, as what you saw in the first quarter, starting to peel that back a little bit in Q3, and then actually being able to show improvement year over year in the fourth quarter as some of those strategies really begin really begin to take hold. Obviously, to get the full 500, um, some of those strategies have a longer lead time, as well as we're going to need to see a more steady ground and more normalization in the supply chain uh, inbound freight costs than than where we're at right now. But uh, to be totally honest, um, you know, it's only one quarter. uh, So we're not, we're not truly surprised by, you know, the the cost environment uh, where it sits today. And
2: we have made some
3: progress um,
2: on our product distortions. Uh, We've lowered some of the style counts and uh, then raised the uh, quantities that we're ordering, uh, which has driven, uh, some very nice increases in IMU in several cases. Uh, we've also employed more vendor-direct production methods, uh, and that has reduced slightly uh, some of our agency fees. But as Frank said, this is very early days, and we're uh, making some progress, but uh, unfortunately we've got some hev- uh, very heavy winds that we're facing uh, from the supply chain.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Paul Lashway of Cedar Group. Your line is open. Hey,
6: thanks, guys. Um, can you just talk about the Urban Outfitters North America business? Just- Curious if you can uh,
2: share what the comp metrics were: um, traffic, first conversion, ticket, and
3: then what sort of increases are you seeing on the AEC side from your third-party brands? What sort of sort of you know MSRP uh, increases are, are, you, uh, are you are you going to try to put through to the to the customer? And, and I'm curious if,
6: if that's um, getting larger as we move throughout the year. Thanks.
7: Hi, I'm Paulette Sheila. Um, Just to start with Urban Outfitters North America, from the execution side of the business, we feel like our men's business was particularly disappointing. Um, We've identified and isolated um, where the team um, was off track, and I believe our men's business has a, a clear visibility to get back on track going into third and fourth quarter. We also, within our women's business, saw massive wins towards new fashion um, and did step away from some of the older fashion as quickly as we needed to. So you'll see a change of distortion going into those where the customer is choosing, going into the third quarter in, a, in an aggressive way. Um, uh, as far as um, traffic um, is concerned, our AUR and AOV continue to be up um, versus history. Um, slightly down to last year, but up um, versus fiscal 20. Um, And our conversion is similar um, or in a similar spot to historical metrics.
6: And Paul,
2: as it it relates to traffic, uh, the urban brand uh, is the most challenged of the three. Uh, All three brands are still uh, under their FY20 traffic patterns. uh, And Urban has slightly higher penetration of stores in in places like New York City, Chicago, San Francisco, where the traffic is most challenged. So we believe while we've made substantial progress in the last uh, year, year and a half, uh, we still have a long way to go, particularly with the Urban brand.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Marnie Shapiro of the Retail Tracker. Her line is open.
7: Hey, everybody. Um, Dick, I'd just like to take a step back from all the noise of the expenses and distribution and everything and talk about the underlying business for a minute. Could
6: you, um, focusing just a little bit on anthropology, because really great improvement there over you know a couple of years prior, if you can talk a little bit about what's really driving
7: full-price sales there, is, is she coming back and um, buying more than once and then it sounds like just from that last comment even at Urban um, it sounds like the customer is still very much fashion engaged it's just that the fashion she moved to fashion very quickly and it, it sounds like you guys didn't have enough of the fashion that she was looking for and what she didn't want it didn't matter how you know typical for Urban Outfitters it didn't matter what the price was if she didn't want it she didn't want it she wanted what was new and hot can you just
6: dig into those thoughts sure
2: Thank you, Marnie. Uh, what I'm going to do is ask uh, Tricia to talk mm-hmm. about anthropology because uh, she's much closer to it and mm-hmm. a great job uh, overseeing it. So, Tricia, do you want to take a shot at it? Yeah, thanks,
5: Dick. Hi, Marnie. Um, you know, I, I think, as, as Frank mentioned, you know, the primary drivers of the anthropology growth came from a significant investment in categories like dresses, recognizing that there was customers returning to occasions. Um, but that was not um, limited to our strategy overall. We're definitely seeing the customer return to um, uh, travel again. Um, we launched a capsule collection geared towards resort. Um, so swimwear, cover-ups, all of those categories are performing incredibly well. And we really wanted to make sure that we were addressing the needs for whatever form of return to office happened for our customers. So really invested in heavily into all of the newness that's happening in bottoms, Um, And footwear, we expanded that category and further expanded our shoe assortment online into more stores. Um, And I'm happy to share that just behind dresses, both pants and footwear were top two performing categories. Um, And really our longer term strategy is to continue to prioritize our investments in these categories. So feeling good about the customer's demand, um, she's got places to go um, and and we're trying to prioritize and execute really well to to, invest significantly in those categories and then ensure that our marketing messaging is supporting that as well.
2: Okay. Thank you. You have, Achita, like say anything about uh, the urban?
7: Yeah, I do think the urban customer coming out of um, a lockdown from the previous year definitely told us loud and clear that they wanted very specific items and fashion trends, Um we were happy to have them. We wish we had them slightly more distorted, and I think the teams are reacting accordingly um, going forward. Um, And it keeps us fresh. It definitely keeps us on our toes, definitely seeing new attributes sort of leading the way in the industry. Um, So that feels very good. We just need to own it stronger going into the next um, path.
2: And I would say that uh, all the brands saw very similar patterns of fashion. Uh, all brands uh, did well in their uh, dress assortments. Uh, they did well in their pants and, and, and denim assortments, and they, they did well in their blouse assortments. So I think that um, I think there are some similarities across brands, although the manifestation of those uh, categories uh, were different across the three brands. So, um, yes, I'm... Marnie, thank you so much for the question. Because in the end, this is what we do: we we talk about fashion, and that's what interests us most. Uh, even though uh, we have to pay attention to things like supply chain.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Mark Alschwager of Robert W. Baird and Company. Your line is open.
3: Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my question. Um, so on UO, you called out some of the, the macro challenges on that consumer, but also um, the execution opportunities that you see. Maybe just dig into that a little bit more and, and help us understand some of the controllable levers you see uh, to drive growth in, in, in what looks to be a, a little bit tougher macro backdrop. Um, and then, you know, bigger picture, you know, Dick, it would be helpful to get just your view on the, the health of the you know, maybe more mid to upper income consumer and, and the duration of this wardrobe refresh cycle think, you know, three months ago you were pretty positive on the signs you were seeing there, um, you know, despite some of the macro readings that had been softening. Just, just curious if your your views have changed um, at, at all on that front, again, beyond sort of what you already discussed on, on UO. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the second question first. You know, we do believe that there's a sort of bifurcation uh, that has happened uh, as a result of the inflation uh, and as a result of the Uh, stimulus checks that were sent out last year. Uh, As you know, the urban customer tends to be the uh, younger ones that are out on their first job or maybe second job, and they're making a little bit less money than their anthropology and free people uh, counterparts. And as a result of that, uh, inflation is really hitting them much harder than the anthropology and free people customer. Uh, that, That sort of Higher income bracket of those two brands, um, we don't see any sign right now of inflation impacting their buying decisions. Uh, I'm very convinced that what's impacting their buying decisions is exactly what Tricia talked about, which is they want to be out and about, they have lots of events to go to, you know, weddings and, 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 and many, many other things. And the reason I can say that is that we have this um, concept called terrain and within terrain we have a thing called terrain events where we actually uh, sponsor events and and rent out space. And I can tell you that we've never ever been uh, uh, more inundated with requests for events than we have in the last six months. So we're well aware of the fact that she's out and that she wants to go to these events. And she's going to spend her money to prepare for those events so she looks good during the events. That's what's driving her. That's what's important to her. So uh, we're very, um, you know, we're convinced that this is going to continue to go on uh, more than anything. It's because uh, the event uh, space that we do have is fully booked through next year. So, um, you know, I, we believe it's going to continue.
7: Great, and then um, just to discuss um, urban, what is in our control versus the macro headwinds. Um, Like I led with, men's definitely is a place that we felt like we had more control of. I think the team delivered very, very strong denim um, increases and um, really tackled that as a priority business. So the execution was quite strong versus history. We believe that will only continue with the strength of the team they lost some footing within men's tops and we feel like we can easily get that back. It's a business that is more uh, reactable um, quicker Um, and within the women's business, I think it was being a a little bit braver within the fashion trends um, and and turning the business quicker coming out of the pandemic um, and what the knowns are. So I do think the team recognizes that we need to stay focused on what we can control and that definitely is a controllable factor.
0: Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Charlotte Klabenberg of JJG Research Associates. Your line is open.
6: Hi, everybody, and congrats on, on the good progress and um, and getting the fashion right. Um, Frank I Frank or Mel, I was wondering if you could perhaps give us an, uh, a glimpse of how the freight uh, expense, supply chain expense pressures look beyond the second quarter, and how we should be thinking about, you know, some relief in the in the second half. Um, I, do you think things will improve? Are you seeing things improve? You know, that that would help a lot. Um, and then um, I was wondering, I was impressed that the home business was, I think, up um, in the quarter. Maybe it was up at Anthropology. Um, and I was wondering about trends there because we are seeing some some softness in the industry in the home category. So maybe for for both UO and Antho, um how that how that is looking as we move to the second quarter and beyond. Thank you.
3: Thanks for your question, Janet. I'll, I'll take the, um, the the freight and then hand over to Home to uh, Tricia and Sheila to talk about. Um, so as mentioned, I, I do think that our IMU deleverage, which is largely driven by the increased freight costs, will look similar in the second quarter than it did, as it did in the first. But as you noted, we, I, I do start to think that we'll claw back that rate of deleverage in the third quarter, so, so the deleverage wouldn't be as much as what we saw in Q1 and Q2. And I do believe that there's opportunity from the fourth quarter for us to show improvement in IMU on a year-over-year basis. So, Again, um, you're starting to see some of the benefits of the initiatives that we put in place, as well as hopefully a little bit of normalization um, as it relates to the supply chain. Um, And and then lastly, obviously, we're we're also anniversary higher costs uh, by the time we get into the fourth quarter. So I think the Q3, you'll see improvement, um, not improvement year-over-year, but improvement in the rate of deleverage as we start to call that back. And then by the time you get into the fourth quarter, I think we could see improvement on a year-over-year basis uh, within uh, within IMU. Again, that's, that's as, we sit to, as we sit here today. Sure.
5: Hi, Janet. Um, I'll speak to Anthropology or Anthro-Living as, as we think about the home categories. Um, a, a bit of a mixed performance within the category. So overall, our performance was strong in the mid-single-digit growth on the quarter, um, with furniture and decor really being the categories that are continuing um, with their growth trajectory and demand. And we're pleased that, um, that we seem to be gaining market share there. There's definitely a bit of a slowdown for us in certain gift and entertaining categories, um, home fragrance in particular, um, and more kind of experiential categories. They are shifting nicely back to pre-pandemic retail um, channel levels, but we're definitely seeing some softening in ETC. Um And then I think, um, you know, on, on a positive side, we're definitely seeing uh, the customer's interest in entertaining at home again. Um, And so we're focusing on expanding kind of tabletop, glassware, serveware, all of those categories, um, and feel like we've got some some new growth opportunities to invest in. So, um, you know, definitely some softening and some deceleration in the business, but we feel confident that we're um, continuing to see some nice growth in the home categories of anthropology.
7: Uh, I think within the urban, slightly um, different story. I think the softening is um, stronger than it is in anthropology within the home business. Um, we have increased our pricing here um, in, a, in a tremendous way over the past several years, um, but we feel very confident this will continue to be an opportunity division um, as we settle back into um, key categories that we can expand into um go forward.
2: Yeah, and I'd like just to throw in there with the uh, urban team, uh, I think we have a real opportunity for back to school uh, to do better than we did last year. Um, our back-to-school business wasn't as strong as we would have liked last year. So uh, I think that's, that's our earliest opportunity.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Dana Chelsea of Chelsea Advisory Group. Your line is open.
6: Good afternoon, everyone. As you think about the different channels, it certainly seems like the return of stores improving and the labor costs of that added to the SG&A and getting traffic, working to get traffic back how do you think of the buckets of SGNA going forward with some of those areas? And any update on digital and what you saw in that performance and margins by brand? Thank you.,
4: Hi, Dana. it's Melanie uh, speaking. I'm going to start with the, your first question, which was about um, SGNA growth. Um, going forward, we do expect SGNA growth to outpace our sales. Um, but not quite as much as you saw in the first quarter. Um, the drivers would be similar to first quarter, where we had store payroll increasing as the um, as the traffic came back versus prior year. And of course, we continue to have uh, marketing investments, um, which are focused on driving customer acquisition and retention. Um, but just wanted to remind you, as you as you think about sg and um, the acceleration is really about the comparison, right? where we had really, really tight spending in our stores. So the um, SG&A rate as a percentage of sales would be more in line with our um, historical SG&A. And and as you get farther through the year, the difference between the sales growth and the SG&A growth will will be diminished as our expense spend became more normalized in the back half of the year versus the first half.
2: Um, As it relates to digital, Uh, Dana, uh, because the stores were largely impaired in Q1 of last year, Um, there was a surge in demand when the stores opened, and um, that caused record uh, strong double-digit gains in Q1. This year in the first quarter, stores rebounded nicely and registered double-digit comps. Uh, Total sessions decreased by low single digits, but remain up almost 30% versus FY20. So really what happened is uh, the digital pulled back uh, some of the forward business that they've achieved over the last several years as the stores calmed back up.
0: Your right next question comes from the line of O of UBS. Your line is open.
8: Great, thank you so much. I, guess I just want maybe if you can share a little bit more um, information, elaborate a little bit on the composition of the excess inventory at, at Urban Outfitters. Um, when do you expect to get into a better inventory position? Do you expect to take actions in Q2 in order to you know get to Q3 um, in that better inventory position, or do you think there's gonna be more of a prolonged impact? Thank you.
7: Hi, it's Sheila again, I'll take that um, question. We are being aggressive to clean up what the customer has voted um, that they don't want from us um, and recognize that we can get this back on track before uh, we hit Q3. We feel very strongly that we need to uh, get out of what they don't want and into what they do. Um, So feel very confident by Q3, we will be back in in the correct position.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Ike Perucho of Wells Fargo. Your line is open.
2: Hey, um, two questions.
8: Um, I guess my first question is on profitability. You know, just just looking at the Q1
2: numbers and and putting the the pieces together for Q2, it kind of looks like the margins are now kind of trending back to the pre-pandemic levels. Um, I know there's a lot of moving pieces, but is that a good way to think about the back half of the year uh, when we are trying to model out Q3 and Q4? And then just another question on Anthro, Um, you guys are doing a phenomenal job, and the business uh, has been robust. But I guess, you know, know, when you think about that customer uh, being more affluent, tied to the market and things like that, uh, what are the things you're looking for to kind of gauge the health of that consumer and her willingness to continue to spend?
3: Uh, This is Frank. I I can take the profitability and then hand it over to Tricia to speak a little more about Anthro. Um, so, you're correct, as we're sitting here looking at the second quarter, um, the, the, the gross profit margin decline would actually put us pretty, pretty in line, actually, with um, where we were pre-pandemic in Fiscal 20. I think what's important to note, though, is obviously the supply chain is really different right now than it was in Fiscal 20, um, and if you think about an opportunity to build off of that Fiscal 20 number, we would anticipate being able to drive improvement in IMU. Um, as uh, you know, we talked about a lot of our strategies there, and as the supply chain hopefully normalizes over uh, over time. So, yes, in the near term, um, I think uh, you, you, as you're looking at fiscal 20 and being able to compare our numbers for Q2 and Q3, um, that, that's a good comparison. But we do think that there's um, you know some some nice healthy growth that we can continue to drive off of those rates and certainly off of those dollars um, when, when you look uh, when you look into fiscal 24 and going forward and the back half. Of the year.
2: And I, this is Dick. Um, what we look for with anthropology is what we look for with each of the brands. And that is, um, on a daily basis, we analyze sales. Uh, on a weekly basis, we analyze traffic in the stores. And that tells us pretty darn close if things start to change. Um, and as I said to you, we have not seen any indications today that that customer has changed and so we're not necessarily expecting it. We're very well aware, believe me, that the market is down and that that could impact her and could uh, cause a psychological change uh, in, in, in her mood to shop. Uh, but as I said, there's no indication of it right now.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Don Stroller of BMO Capital Markets line is open
3: hey thanks for squeezing me in uh, just a quick one on inventory I was wondering if you could provide any color on what it looks like in terms of units by brand um, that's all thanks yeah so this is Frank I'll take the uh, I'll take the inventory question and I'm gonna sort of take a a long path here. I think, you know, first, it's it's important to remember that as you're comparing inventory to last year, that the supply chain was significantly constrained last year. Our inventory was meaningfully lower than where we wanted it to be. So if if you look at things versus fiscal 20, our comp inventory is up 33%, and and our comp sales versus fiscal 20 is up 22%. So very much, uh, you know, much more aligned than when you look at it on a year-over-year basis. Um, yes, absolutely. There's inflationary pressures that, that are that are in there, which is why our cost is higher than our units. Um, I, I would say our cost is is higher than our units by about uh, by about 15 by about 15 points right now, which is the inflation that you're seeing in there. I, w- I would also just say, second, you know, the other item that's driving up the inventory is the fact that the supply chain is on you know unstable ground right now and. It's not as reliable as it used to be, so we are placing orders earlier, and we are taking inventory in earlier, and that's uh, you know what we believe is the right thing to do to, to protect sales, um, and we're, we're going to continue to do that. So I think you're going to expect to see inventory continue to outpace sales here as we close the second quarter, um, and then very similar to what Sheila mentioned about the Urban Outfitters brand, as we get into the third quarter, you'll start to see that uh, that delta start to narrow, and then as we get into the fourth quarter, we'll have the opportunity for it where sales and inventory actually would be uh, come back and be more in line with what you're historically used to seeing. from Thank you.
0: And our last question comes from the line of Corey Tarlow of Jeffries & Company. Your line is open.
3: Hi. Good afternoon, and thank you for taking my questions. Uh, firstly, how are you thinking about the promotional environment For the remainder of this year versus your initial expectations, and then secondarily, it was nice to see some encouraging and and, and robust growth from Newly. Can you maybe unpack a little bit about what drove that and what to expect at that brand going or at that segment? Excuse me, going forward. Thanks.
2: I'll take the the promo question and then ask uh, Dave Payne to talk about Newly. Um, I think that there's a surplus of inventory, uh, mostly. I would say, across the board at retail right now. And so I would expect the promotional activity uh, like we have in our own brands to be a little bit elevated over where it was last year. As Frank just said, last year was an anomaly. Uh, We couldn't get the inventory. It was really tight. Uh, It's not as tight now. And so I think that uh, we will see promotional activity increase not just in Q2, but throughout the year and into holiday. Dave, you want to take Newly? Yeah, sure. Uh, Corey, thanks a lot for the question.
8: Um, Q1 was a a really strong one for Newly Rent. We were excited by the results and excited to report them. Uh, As Frank mentioned in his commentary, subscribers were up nearly 200% year over year and nearly 50% quarter over quarter from the fourth quarter. And now in a mid-May, we have over 82,000 subscribers. Subscriber growth was strong across all segments with new subscribers substantially ahead of plans. Uh, Resumed subscriptions were trending ahead nicely as well and existing subscribers were retaining at higher rates than planned as well. So the rental business has been seeing some very nice traction so far in 2022. Uh, We're getting strong reads from the market that our target customers have a lot of events to go to And just in general, a lot of ways to get back to living after COVID. Um, So I think more and more people are recognizing that renting through newly is a viable, enjoyable and cost effective way to add variety to their wardrobe for all of their events. So subscription momentum is very positive right now. We're also very encouraged with our progress on bottom line profitability. Last year's uh, first quarter saw an operating loss rate in the low forty percent range. Uh, our loss rate in this past first quarter, by contrast, was in the mid-teens. So, seeing very significant operating margin, margin leverage in Q1 versus last year. So, feeling really good about the progress in the operating model
2: and uh, feeling great with where we are. Okay, I think that uh, that concludes the questions. So I thank you very much for joining, and we look forward to talking to you in three months.
0: This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.